Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. hour you'll learn about health wellness and the prevention of disease now here's your host dr joe galati well it is another fine sunday evening here Everybody is tuned in to Your Health First. We're here every sunday between 7 and 8 p.m and our single job Week after week after week is to make you better consumers of health care. That is it. How to keep you healthy out of the doctor's office, out of the ER, ahead of the game of illness and disease. And in all the years that I've been doing it, and come March, it's actually going to be 18 years that we're going to be doing this. The goal is to give you enough information to understand the questions to ask how to take care of yourself, and a little bit goes a long way. Trust me, a little bit goes a long way. If you want to check us out on social media, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. Everything you need to know, send me an email, sign up for our newsletter. All of our social media is on or at drjoegalati.com. A little later in the program, we're going to be talking about diabetes, huge, huge public health issue. Anthony Santos, a nurse practitioner who happens to work with me. He was on uh, several weeks ago, big hit. He's going to be back updating everybody on a few other things you need to know about diabetes. But for right now, a, a true pleasure, a friend and a colleague, George Joseph. He is the founder and CEO of Positive recovery. We are talking about alcohol and alcoholism and some of the truly shocking news that is coming out in that the amount of disease related to alcoholism is on the rise. The number of deaths is on the rise. And most concerning, we are looking at young adults age 25 to 35. This is beyond a tragedy. George, it's so great to have you here, and um, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dr. Galati. It's a pleasure. I know. We've had you on before, but um, um, the the area of addiction and alcoholism is something that people really don't understand well. Right. You know, it's the percentages haven't changed all that much. Around 10% of the population is addicted, but it causes so much damage in all areas from legal to physical to mental to spiritual, and it affects so many other people. And what it's the sad part about it is of all diseases, it's the one that's most uh, secretive, most right. private. Even though people can see the 
ramifications of it, no one wants to talk about it. It is. And so our industry is an industry to help get the word out, more importantly, to help people that are in need. And then once they're in need, people refer to other people like, oh, what happened to him? He's so great. He's doing so well. Well, he went to this program or he did this thing or he must be an Alcoholics Anonymous. Whatever it is helps other people to see those changes. And part of the recovery process is to spread the word, but in a sense that it's confidential, you only spread it to people that ask. Right. So there's still more room to get past the stigmas. Exactly. Now, you know, really for the basics here, because I, yes. I think a lot of these discussions are starting at ground zero. It, real, real briefly, the difference between alcoholism, alcohol abuse, and, um, you know, you have a couple of drinks uh, on a Friday and it doesn't get you in much trouble. What should people be thinking? Well, obviously you got social drinkers. It's a relaxation. You have a drink or two. You move on. You may not even finish a drink. Then you move into abuse. And abuse from the standards are you have problems. You have reoccurring problems. But with some education, some information, you change. You can easily modify your behavior to not to continue the problems. The dependence is when the problems continue and they continue to drink. Or they say, I'm going to stop drinking but can't stay stopped. Right. And they continue the same patterns and they start having more legal problems and other issues that pop up or job problems or they change jobs or multiple divorces. As a result, if you look back, alcoholism and particularly sometimes drug addiction is tied to those problems. Yeah. You know, I guess a lot of the patients that I see in liver disease, um, uh, not and, and again, not all liver disease is alcohol related, but a right. lot is. When we, we see a patient and we have the sense that alcohol may be a problem and we say, Jim, it, it, you really need to stop. And they look at you and it's like, no, no, yeah. I, I just can't do it. It's uh, I, I have to drink for work and yeah. all this. Yeah. Is that just one big charade? It is because it's, it's, it's very fear-based to stop it. And also it's a disease of denial. So how many patients have ever told you, I only drink one or two. Right. We know it's most likely not one or two if they're right. in your office, right? Right, exactly. It's a, it, it minimizes the disease. It's a disease of denial. All other illnesses, you know, if you had cancer, you go to MD Anderson, it's like, okay, let's go right away. Right. But with the disease of alcoholism, it's like it's the unspoken disease. It, right. You don't have the problem. You try to approach the person that has the problem, and they're like, no, I don't have a problem. Right. You know, the best intervention that I've ever heard of is a husband who videotaped his wife drunk in front of the kids. Once she saw that video sober, she immediately checked in the treatment. That's amazing. And, and, and it's, it's not done enough, obviously, with our iPhones and all our phones, we should do more of it. But when you have a person that you're concerned about and you've talked to them and talked to them and, and you haven't got to that step of getting a professional for intervention or do something else about it, do a video video of them because they do not know what they look like when they're drunk. They don't know the ramifications. They see their world is clouded. The alcohol clouds your judgment. And without, with the video, it kind of allows people to see who, what they've really become because alcoholics don't start out thinking they're going to create a problem. It's very enticing. You have a drink or two. And like I said, 10% of the population will become addicted. The other 90% They'll move on, have less problems, have a few problems, and, and change their behavior. But that 
that that wall of denial gets stronger and stronger the more they drink the more problems they have and they want to hide those problems right and no I, I think it's a great idea yeah now now before we take a, a, a quick break here George in in the 30 plus years how long have you been in this industry <laughs> 35 years 35 years so in yes. the 35 years how has addiction changed from 35 years ago to 2020 on the good side is that people are getting help sooner uh-huh there is have been awareness in Alcoholics Anonymous, probably 35 years ago, the average age was probably 55 years old. Right. Now I would say the average age is probably 25 to 30 years old. Drugs and alcohol allow people to hit a bottom quicker, so they get help. And then parents are jumping in and saying, I gotta get my kids some help. And they get in Alcoholics Anonymous sooner and people, they see other people in there and they, it's a program of attraction, not promotion. So you see some of those effects. The downside is that the ones that get past that window and they start drinking a lot and they have the divorces right. and they end up in right. your office because their liver, they have liver yeah. cancer yeah. and it's, it's almost, they feel like it's almost too late or a liver transplant. Right. No, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. So basically the bottom line is earlier, earlier compared to 35 years ago. Earlier the better. All right, George, we are with George Joseph, a um, true legend in the area of addiction and recovery. I'm Dr. Joe Galani. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday between 7 and 8. You should be tuned into your health first. DrJoeGalati.com, DrJoeGalati.com is our website and in the studio tonight, right now, George Joseph, founder and CEO of Positive Recovery Centers here in Texas. We're talking about alcohol and the problem of 25 to 34 year olds really having a tough time with alcohol and uh, liver disease, premature death. George, it's... It's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I, like I said earlier, that a lot of younger people get caught before 25 because they've mixed drugs. Once they get past that window, the alcohol increases because the drugs maybe decrease and they think it's safer. <clears throat> right. Now, <clears throat> in some respects, I look at this as a societal problem. Yeah. When you get down to it, it's your problem, it's your family's problem, but let's back up. It's a societal problem. Are we in denial? Yes. Are we in denial with all of the rampant is an understatement, rampant campus drinking, rampant weekend drinking. What do you think? Absolutely. I think that young people, it's a, a, a part of rites of passage to be able to drink. You leave, right. leave home, you go to school, you go to college, right. you drink. Okay. Some people fall into the category of dependence right off the bat. Some people may pass that area and make it safely through school, graduate from school, get a career. Then they're socially oriented to go out, hang out, do their jobs, whatever, and start drinking more, thinking, oh, it's great. I could drink more. I got more control. I'm, I have a job. I'm successful. Right. And it affects our bodies, but it affects the people around us just as much. Now, 
for the, uh, again, at what point does a parent not have control over their kid? Is it 18? It could be 12, 13. You, you know, is it you turn 18 and one day and you're in a bad way with alcohol, hands off, you know. But what what role does the family have? If you have you have somebody that's like out of control. If someone's out of control, they could start early in their teens. Right. And the parents are most times uninformed on how to deal with that stress of a person that's out of control with alcohol or and or drugs. And they need a lot of education and support on how to address that and get that person help. However, with the denial, the denial is not just with the person who's addicted, the denial is with the family too as well, because it's not a thing that you talk about in, you know, with your friends and say, hey, by the way, my son came home after dr- drunk and you know, had hardly any clothes on when he got back to the house. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a secretive, shameful experience that people have a hard time expressing the problems that are related. So a kid may have a problem, they get punished, they can't do anything, and then it goes a while, they don't have another issue for a while, and they have another problem and another problem. And if you look back, that's a history. Like when we bring people into treatment, we actually do a history of their drinking, but most important, a history of their behavior so they can see how it progressed. No, no, no. I think, but the, the key thing is you have to get in there to have, do these exercises. You have to... You have to expose the problem. No problem gets solved unless it's exposed. A lot of people will use the term social drinker. I'm a social drinker. Now, social drinking to me and to the guy next door are are two different things. What what do you do when somebody says, nah, Charlie's just a social drinker? What kind of problems is Charlie having based on his social drinking? Does he miss work? Has he been fired three times? Has he had divorces because of his drinking? I don't think that's social drinking. I think you're crossing the line. The, the toughest alcoholic to deal with is actually the high functioning. Right. That's the old functional alcoholic. Yeah, that's we, what people, and people will admit that. They'll, they'll describe themselves that way. We, we treat a lot of pilots. Pilots have to be in treatment for up to six years, which is thank God they do. Right. But you could be a pilot. You could be a physician. You could, it's, it doesn't stop on any kind of alcohol is that 10% can happen to anybody at any time, no matter what you do or how you have been raised. If your parents were alcoholic, there's a chance you'd be a higher risk at alcoholism, but your parents may not be alcoholic and you could be alcoholic. There's, right. There's no rhyme or reason to, they're doing genetic studies, but there's no rhyme or reason once someone starts, which one's cross in that, that line of addiction. Yeah. You know, you and I over the years have heard this very comment. I would rather have my teenage kids drink at my house where I could watch them. They're not going to get in trouble rather than going out and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen out there. Does that make any sense? (laughs) It it makes sense from a safety standpoint, because if someone's out, you want, you you know, you want a loved one to make sure they come home. You're like, you know, I know how many parents are dread waiting for that door to unlock that their kid comes home at, you know, one, two, three o'clock right. in the morning, especially, the, you know, later lives and teenagers are when they come visiting from college or are they older in life and haven't left yet, failure to launch. Yeah. That fear that that parent goes through is unbelievable. So yeah. they, I, you know, it's a, it's a rationalization, but it's, it is, makes some sense safety. It's kind of like Uber. Yeah. You know? Now Uber, I've got, George, I, I've got a problem with Uber because I think you could, Drink to excess, and you are one 
app away from getting a ride home. Right. Instead of saying, well, I can't drink tonight because I got to drive. I'm the designated driver. Uh, you know, what do you think? Uber's made it safer for us as a community because they're not driving, but it's not so good for the patient. If that person has an alcoholism problem, it just enables them. Enabling is one of the most dangerous things for an alcoholic. It's protecting their drinking so they can continue to drinking. So Uber is one of the best enablers in the country. Yeah. I mean, I think we got to talk about this more. Um, in, In the last two minutes here, George, you have spent your entire life in the uh, service of addiction and and recovery, uh, I'm seeing patients on on the on another another uh, angle with uh, liver disease. But the alarming part is 25 to 34 year olds, uh, very precious. Uh, these are people getting their careers started, and you don't want to see them uh, crash early at all. What's the take home message? What's the story with recovery? Recovery can start whenever you want to feel like you hit bottom. So how do we help the person realize they're hitting bottom? That's where the treatment comes in. That's where whatever it takes, the counseling, it's exposing the problem to realize that the bottom, the next bottom could be death. Right. I mean, we have the opiate problem. We have suicide. Some of that's all tied to alcoholism, too, that people don't realize. Exactly. The key thing is have a conversation with your family and those at risk. Expose the problem. All right. George, as always, we've had George Joseph, founder and CEO of Positive Recovery Centers. I'm going to put information about George and Positive Recovery on the website later tonight. Thanks for coming in, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.